0: Now I can't see you. I can't make comments about how you look like you're about to tell me my mother has cancer, so I don't know how we're going to start this one.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's attempt number two, so hopefully it'll be a bit better this time.
0: Yeah, attempt number two. Um, We tried to do this already. I don't know where you're putting this in because we haven't introduced <laughs> anything yet, but we tried to do this already. We used this, well, the Razor Siren microphone, and it sounded like butthole, so we got new microphones um Um, razor
1: please don't sue us for that razor
0: razor i love you i have the barracuda headphones they're amazing i also have the ones with the cat ears i'm not going to comment on them because they're less amazing (laughs) Uh, um anyways we got new microphones now so hopefully we don't sound like dookie butt
1: hopefully one can help if we still sound like dookie butt then that just has to do with us personally i think
0: i think so you know what if it makes you feel any better mel you just sound like, I'm talking to you right now, so.
1: Yeah, you just sound like I'm talking to you as well. Excellent.
0: So. Excellent. Okay. I think it's fine. The The best budget microphone money can buy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! This is Cryptic Chatter. It's going to be a weekly podcast where we talk about anything spooky or strange. Uh, my name's Gwen. My name's Mel. And we are going to be the hosts, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're the only ones here
0: in this recording. (laughs) We're the only (laughs) ones here. Maybe if everyone's really, really nice to us, we'll bring our friend Chris as a little like treat. (gasps) A gift. Yeah. But for now, it's just us. It's just us. Just us. That's so positive. Just us. Uh, Just us so far. (laughs) So far being the key words here. It's just us recording and just us listening. So far, until I send the link to my mom, and then, she, <laughs> she, <laughs> and then she's I, traumatized. I think she'd be horrified. Yeah. Um. No, she doesn't know. She'd I'm be doing like, this. of all
1: things, like you. <laughs> talk about.
0: She's like, you're a podcast girly now. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I bet it she thought it. Ass. I bet she thought it was going to be one of my brothers, but. mm-mm. Oh god. It's time to start spouting misogyny, Gwen. Um get in the kitchen, Mel. Oh Make shit. me a sandwich. Anyway, um so <laughs> <laughs> Mel is gonna be. Mel is gonna be handling the spooky side of things. I'm gonna be focusing more on the strange. Uh, that being said, if I ever talk about something like that has to deal with somebody else's religion or culture, know that I don't think it's strange in like a oh this these people are weird way. It's more just like this isn't something that is the normal to me.
1: Yeah, like even talking about like say if you were to talk about something paranormal, like mm-hmm. a lot of people believe very strongly that it exists. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so when I'm saying that I'm talking about strange things and then I like talk about a ghost, I'm not being like, oh, you're strange for believing in this. I'm just like, this is such a weird, whether it's real or not, it's like a strange thing to think about.
1: Yeah. (laughs) A lot of the things I'm going to cover are true crime. So I'm going to try and include content warnings. And I also do um, just as a little, I guess, statement as well to go along with Gwen's because want statements
0: we want to be kind <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to be mean or disrespectful
1: yeah um I understand that there is far more to true crime than it being spooky it's real these are real people um I'm gonna do my best to behave as so because there are quite a few true crime podcasts out there that don't act like these are real people and these were real people um. So I understand that it is it's spooky and that sounds like a silly word but it is really scary that these are true things. So yeah. Just if I ever cross the line or anybody's ever uncomfortable <laughs>
0: feel free to call us out and we will try to do better. <laughs>
1: um but I'll probably cry a little but don't let that keep you from calling me out.
0: <laughs> just just know that it's not our intention to hurt anybody.
1: Yeah. Um I just find these things interesting and mm-hmm. so why not talk about it? Yeah. That being said, um, <laughs> what would you like to begin, Gwen? Do you want me to begin again? Um,
0: yeah. So Mel and I were discussing who should be going first. And Mel's whole thing was like, oh, my stories are going to bum everybody out. So I should go first. And then you can end <laughs> it like fun and silly. And then I'm like, some of the things I'm talking about are also going to be kind of creepy. So, um, I don't know. We can take turns. You can go first always. I can go first always. We can decide on the day. Yeah. I don't...
1: Um. Well, we already know what episode two is going to be. And I think I'm going to go first that time. Yes. So, if you want to take turns, you can go first this time if you'd like. Switch it up.
0: Sure. Sure. I can go first. Okay. So... What I am going to be talking about this week, Mel. Mel, act surprised if we didn't record this already.
1: Oh, wait. I'll, I'll hold in the surprise.
0: Okay. Go. I am going to be telling you about Wendigos. <gasps> right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, I almost said, oh, my God. And then I was like, no, I can't swear. And then I was like, wait, this is my podcast. I can do whatever I want.
1: Also, God isn't a swear word, Gwen.
0: God isn't a swear word, but some Christians... I don't like when you take God's <gasps> Hermy. <laughs> oh. So Mel has a dog. His name's Hermy. He's a precious little baby angel. He's evil. Um oh, and he barks a lot. He barks a lot. But you know what? My dog is old and crusty. He's like the little crusty white dog with bad eyes. And he just likes to pee on the floor to spite me. So at least Hermes doesn't do that. Mm. What was I saying about when goes here?
1: I can't remember. Sorry. He is, he is upset
0: about something. That's okay. That's okay. Let me know if we need to take his, let me know if we need to take a second at any point. Oh my Um, God. I
1: think we do. I think he's got to go outside. Okay.
0: I can hear him barking outside my window. Um, I'm going to share some fun facts while Mel's letting Hermes out. Fun fact, we live together, but we are recording in separate rooms. Because it bothers Mel too much when you can hear each other through each other's microphones. Um, Another fun fact, Mel made us a website. That's pretty cool. I don't have the link right now, but I will get it for the end of the episode. As well as all of our social media links.
1: I'm back, don't
0: worry. Welcome back.
1: I had to let him in, get him a greenie, and then get myself water.
0: okay. <laughs> Okay, that's probably a good idea. I'm gonna have to do that next time. I didn't get myself a drink, so if I'm like, sound like I'm dying at any point, that'll be why. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> back to the point of this. I'm gonna be talking about wendigos today. So, wendigos come from spiritual traditions of Algonquin speaking First Nations in North America. Um, they are like a creature, a monster of sorts. Um, and so, yeah they're what i'm gonna be talking about um mel has heard this a dozen times already but the first time i heard about wendigos i need y'all to know it was for a boy scout badge and i was traumatized and i was terrified and i've never been the same so thank you mom for choosing that story for me thank you gwen's mom Um, anyways, so I'm going to start out talking about the appearance of Wendigos. So from what I've been able to find, there are two different kinds of Wendigos. There's one that's more like humanoid and one that's more kind of like animalistic, I guess you could say. Um, But to start, read you a quote from Basil Johnson. He's an Ojibwe teacher and scholar. So this is what he says about them. The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation, its desiccated skin pulled tautly over its bones. With its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion the ash grey of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets, the Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton, recently disinterred from the grave. Wet lips it had were tattered and bloody. Its body was unclean and suffering from separations of the flesh, giving off a strange and eerie odour of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption." She's
1: skinny.
0: She's skinny is what we get from that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that was like the one quote I was able to find from like an actual like Native American source. And so that's why I figured I should put that in there. Um, But, you know, physical descriptions do vary across stories. Again, there's kind of like two main types of Wendigos. But even when they're talking about like the same kind of like type, they still can look different. A um, couple common elements, though, is Wendigos, they appear as, like, giant monsters, anywhere from, like, large, just taller than a human man, so, like, anywhere from, like, six foot five, just, like, weirdly tall man, to, like, 15. Hey. What?
1: Interrupting my story?
0: Five. <laughs> and And he's weirdly tall. He is above <laughs> average height.
1: Uh, for context, that is my partner's name. I feel like I should include that context. Anyway. And he is—he
0: is very tall. Um, so they go from anywhere as tall as Evan to 15 feet tall. So somewhere between Evan and a, a tree. Second life. Oh my god, he's been well. I can't say because it'll spoil the story. <laughs> Anyways, so they can appear as a giant humanoid monster anywhere from larger than human to 15 feet tall. Or is a spirit possessing a human form that has been made monstrous by the spirit? So, according to... Yeah, right? Mm, good. (laughs) 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 A couple more common elements. Uh, According to most legends, it has, like, pointed ears that are kind of like those of an animal and either antlers or horns protruding from its skull. Which I feel like in pulp... Pulp? In pulp. In pulp culture is something that's often left out of wendigos like if you think of um until dawn they don't have their antlers where are their antlers where are their antlers who took them they're important
1: they need to be there
0: (laughs) uh and then the last i guess three kind of common elements that i could find was that they have like glowing eyes long yellowed fangs and like really long sharp claws so you know, not great. Not someone I'd want to run into, just like on a night out. No,
1: no. <laughs> you're at the club. You're at the club, when and just, like,
0: you run into a guy with <laughs> antlers and huge teeth and claws. He's somewhere mm-hmm. between the height of Evan and a tall tree. I'm not letting him alone with my drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mm-mm. not trusting him with my drink when I go to the washroom. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um. Okay, so. In only one source that I found, um, that it said that they have overly long tongues, which I just, you know, it's That's... not really worth mentioning because it's only one source. But it's also just like so strange, Ugh. like his it's tongue so... just real long.
1: Like, is it because like their mouths, like, are just like big, or do they actually have like really long tongues? You know what I mean? Like, See?
0: yeah, I don't know. They didn't like show me a picture or like a drawing. They didn't explain it. They just said they have overly long tongues. So that's real cute. It's real cute. Um, and then, yeah, so kind of the main difference between the two types of Wendigo is that one of them is said to have, like, a gaunt yellow skin. And then the other one is covered in, like, a matted hair. So one, again, is, like, more humanoid. The other is less humanoid, more kind of, like, an animal look to it, covered in, the like, the fur. Uh, and then sometimes they're said to be able to take the shape of a bear, wolf, or a dog. So, that's fun. Harmies. <laughs> that's why he's balding. That's why he's balding. He's getting into his true Wendigo form of gaunt yellow skin. Oh, God. Um. So, just, like, appearance descriptions across stories for, like, how the Wendigos act and what they, like, do can vary. Uh. But they are... Always just like a kind of like evil, malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being, um, associated with like winter, cold, the north, starvation, greed, like all that kind of stuff. So they're just like really chill guys, they're really cool. Yeah, (laughs) they're my home, amazing to Um, hang out with. Yeah, they're just like the kind of guy that you want to bring home to your family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they're known by more names than just wendigo a lot of them are just they're like very similar they're just like slightly different spellings um so there's also wendigo wittigo wittigo and Witigo. um although all roughly translate to the same thing which is the evil spirit that devours mankind which is oh. just so pleasant so pleasant to think Draw, about yes <laughs> <laughs> the evil spirit that devours mankind yeah um right <laughs> yeah uh so their main association is with cultural taboos such as cannibalism murder and insatiable greed so again just like everything good (laughs) um and so they are said to be like not a creature created from itself like do you know what i mean (laughs) but they come from native american men who are like starving during the winter and like who then ate human flesh to survive and so turning to cannibalism turns them into this like monster yummy yummy again (laughs) i say yummy yummy um yeah so i think that fact kind of like the association with the north and the cold makes sense when you think about it because you know native tribes and settlers living in extreme conditions like up we do up North here. By the way, we're both from Canada. That's why. uh, Canada. I think we. I think we we forgot to mention that we're doing this is a a Canada episode. This is stuff from Canada. (laughs) Yeah. Can you hear Um, Canadian accents? Probably not. We sound the same as Americans, in my opinion. But that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Like I. I think it it can become pretty clear, like the association with the north and the cold and like the starvation extreme conditions you're more likely to run out of like resources and food some stories not as many as others say that the wendigo spirit can possess a human who displays extreme greed gluttony or excess but in a lot of them like the wendigo spirit isn't like it's like not a possession thing it's like you eat a person and you turn into a monster thing uh and then obviously you know wendigos existed long before europeans arrived on the scene in north america that being said we do know the first European written account was by Paul Lejeune. He was a Jesuit missionary who lived among the Algonquin people in the early 17th century in what is now Quebec. So he was the first one to to write about them. Um, and then yeah, missionaries continued to reports to of when it goes well into the 20th century. Um, they're a fairly like common story, I guess, in these parts. In these here parts.
1: In these here parts, of Canada. <laughs>
0: These here parts of the Great Lake region. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so wendigos are said to have many different skills, each one worse than the other. Um, so they have like near perfect hunting, like perfect knowledge of its territory. They can mimic human voices, which is just so great. Imagine you're like camping with your family and you hear someone yell, yell your name, and then you get eaten. Not the best. Um, and then some stories, they have control over the weather through like dark magic. So I guess one of their like common ways of getting victims is that they'll like whistle and speak to you, and if you try to like answer the call, then they kill you and you die, and then they eat you.
1: Yay! If I yeah. heard you calling from the woods, I would not go in there. Mel,
0: what if I was getting like mauled by a bear? You wouldn't save me. You don't
1: care. Then I'd get mauled by the bear. (laughs) Maybe you could save me.
0: Maybe you could save
1: me. No, I'd go get help.
0: Okay. And then I'd make
1: them go in the woods without
0: me. And then you'd all get eaten by the Wendigos. No, not me.
1: I'm long gone.
0: (laughs) You're just leaving. Okay. I've left the country. Oh, my goodness. You left the Great Lake regions where the Wendigos do not go.
1: Yeah, there's like a border. You know how in Twilight... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, they are like um their truce, their treaty, um border. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the one you cross one if they another, can't cross. Like... Yeah, they can't cross the river because that's the vamp territory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um exactly.
0: <laughs> so I wanted to get some stories for you, but um you know because of the way that the Algonquin tribes like history of oral tradition in Algonquin tribes so it's hard to find written accounts of Wendigos especially from back when Europeans were first settling which is when the Wendigo story was like the most prominent so even the one earlier that I read from Basil Johnston isn't like an old source that's like a fairly recent thing so it's kind of hard to find um, older sources so I don't really have many stories for you I've got a couple facts and then like one story so More about the two different kinds of Wendigo. So (laughs) there's the Ojibwe Wendigo and then there's like the Algonquin Wendigo. So the Ojibwe Wendigo is the one that's like large, like tall as a tree. Like she's huge. She's got a lipless mouth, jagged teeth. So, you know, she's just always smiling. Um, Oh, goodness. (laughs) Breath breath is a hiss. And when she walks, Mm. I'm calling her she now. Um when oh. she walks her, her, her footprints fill with blood. Oh. No, which is just so pleasant. Just, you know. Uh and then you know they eight they ventured into their tour territory. Uh they would sometimes possess victims instead of just like eating them and then that individual would become a wendigo too and hunt down and eat those that he like once loved so you know his family and his friends um and so this was the this was the wendigo story that i first heard when i was a kid was you know like the giant furry beast with like footprints filled with blood as they walked and so obviously yeah i was a little traumatized The Algonquin Wendigo. I my eyes are like straining against the light of my monitor right now. <laughs> the Algonquin <laughs> Wendigo, um, was like a giant with a heart of ice, and sometimes they were made entirely of ice. Um, they were like the gaunt, like skeletal, deformed kind of kind of Wendigo with missing lips and toes, and I don't know where their Ew. toes went, <laughs> but they just had no toes. So where why it? Where I miss
1: the cold.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it was, like, a frostbite situation. They just, like, froze off. But, um... Yeah. I I Goodbye, know. Toes. Goodbye, Toes. Uh, so... <laughs> then the story that I have, uh, Mel is already familiar with. I know Mel included it in a paper that they wrote one time. Uh, so the story's called Grandma and the Wendigo. And it's by... Sil Silvain Riverd. So... Riverd? Rivard? I'm not sure how this last name's pronounced. We're gonna say Riverd. <laughs> Riverd, uh... Anyway, it's a multidisciplinary artist, a French-Canadian and Abenaki origins. Um, so I'm not going to read the story to you because that is just far too time-consuming. So Grandma in the Wendigo is from the perspective of a young boy, and he tells the story of how his grandmother defeats a Wendigo. Um, so the grandson basically describes how the grandma lets in a very tall and thin man into the house who has the smell of a wet animal. Um... Apparently, grandma and grandpa saw this man kind of like stalking them outside their house. And grandpa was like, uh, you're the native woman. You deal with this. And grandma was like, OK, I will. So she lets him in, um, shows him kindness by letting him sit by the fire, wraps him in a blanket, gives him a cup of tea. Um, and then eventually the grandson like passes out. He's like, whatever. There's a smelly man in the kitchen with grandma. I can't deal. I got to go to bed. So when the kids wake up in the morning, all that's left of the man is a melted puddle on the floor, which if we remember earlier, the frozen heart, that was the remnants of said frozen heart. So <laughs> Um, so I know I know Mel already knows this. I'm sorry, Mel, if this is boring for you because we already no, recorded this, but it's fine. <laughs> You know, I enjoyed the story because while most of the stories are just like, oh, they're evil cannibals and that's it. Like the one, this one here shows at least that like, yeah, they're evil and they're cannibals. Like they don't say that they're not. They very clearly state that they are, but they're also somewhat like redeemable, almost like grandma showing him kindness kind of like, you know, melts his heart and like defeats his evil or whatever. So (laughs) that's fun. Yeah. I mean, it's nice because they're, like, they're
1: supposed to be human before yeah. they turn.
0: So. Yeah. And so, yeah, it shows that they're kind of like, there's still a little bit of human in them. They're not just like gone, like the people they once were. So, yeah, yeah. sightings uh, are still reported of Wendigo, though, so, like less, way less frequently than in previous times. Uh, so especially in northern Ontario, near a cave called the Cave of the Wendigo and also around <gasps> kenora <laughs> cave of the wendigo i'm sorry but if i knew where cave of the wendigo was and i knew it was near my house i'd be moving why would you name it that Literally, you're just <laughs> why asking you, for it why would you invite them in like that <laughs> like that's just you being like you know what yeah. i really want in this cave i really want some wendigos in this cave nothing would make me happier um no fuck that awful Anyways, my last point in that little uh, section was that many unsolved disappearances of Algonquin people are blamed on Wendigos, which is so lovely.
1: So great. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) I was going to say something, but I don't want the Canadian government to come after me, so.
0: Are you talking about how they're at fault for a lot of the missing and murdered indigenous women?
1: Oh my god. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. It's like I read your mind.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's like you knew where I was going. Like I knew you were going with that.
0: Um Anyway, so to make up for my lack of stories, I'm going to tell you about something kind of kind of kind of crazy, kind of silly. <gasps> <And> it's <gasps> not it's not silly. It's actually really awful. Oh. <laughs> it's called Wendigo psychosis. Um psychosis. So- Sorry. Sis, you psycho? Wendigo? <laughs> Wendigo! Sis, you psycho? Oh. Basically. Basically is uh, what that means. <laughs> um, So, Wendigo psychosis is a syndrome that creates an intense craving for human flesh as well as it the mean. fear of becoming a cannibal. So you're like, mm, I really want to eat people, but you're also like, oh my god, it'd be so horrible if I ate people. So
1: cannibalism with
0: a conscience cannibalism with a conscience it really just creates a little uh, moment for you Um, so it occurs exclusively in people living in the Great Lakes region Um, (laughs) which you know fair enough that is where Wendigos are kind of like known about yeah (laughs) Um, it usually develops in people that are isolated during extreme winter conditions or people who like make little winter trips and get stranded that kind of thing so any kind of time when you're gonna like run out of food or you're all alone or it's just you and one other guy and you only have a box of granola bars left just a box of granola bars yeah because you're like i don't want him to eat all the granola bars anyway initial symptoms are poor appetite nausea and vomiting uh the individual then develops a delusion of being transformed into a wendigo so they're like oh my god my toes are falling off my tongue is getting long what do i do um (laughs) they see people around them as edible but then they also have an extreme fear of becoming a cannibal and something about seeing the people around them as edible just reminds me of the episode of glee where mercedes is like trying to be Uh... (laughs) trish is trying to be a cheerleader and she won't eat tater tots and then she imagines all of her friends are food and then she yells at them and passes out so that's just what i'm picturing
1: (laughs) You have a Glee reference for everything.
0: <laughs> I do have a Glee reference for everything. <laughs> um, So the most kind of famous documented case of Wendigo psychosis is from 1878. Uh, it was in a Plains Cree trapper named Swift Runner. Uh, so he was a trader with Hudson's Bay Company and then, you know, also a trapper, uh, a married father of six. So, you know, unfortunately, that, that didn't last all too long during the winter oh. of 1880. 1878 through 1879, the family was starving, along with many other Cree families and other, you know, families in the area. His eldest son actually died of starvation. And then at some point after that death of his son, Swift Runner succumbed to Wendigo psychosis. So I I think it's important to note here that there was emergency food supplies available at the Hubs- Hubsons. Hudson's Hubson. Bay Company post. Hubson. The Hudson's Bay Company post approximately 25 miles away from where he was, but he never made an attempt to travel there or to get that like emergency food. Um, So after he, you know, his son died, he succumbed to Wendigo psychosis. He ended up killing the remaining members of the family and consuming them. So, you know, that's his other... Five children and his wife. Right. That's that a killed. lot
1: for one that guy he,
0: to eat. He killed an eight. I know I have some like morbid questions that are like maybe disrespectful, but I'm like, I'm curious. Did he, how long did he, did he it kill take? them? I'm just like, did he kill them all at the same time and then just store like the flesh? Or did he kill one at a time and then when he ran out, like he would kill another one? And so they're just like, oh shit, dad's going to kill me soon. Like little t- little Timmy's all gone. <laughs> Um like, just... <laughs> okay, yeah, it's like I have questions, but they're they're awful. and so I have
1: questions that I don't <laughs> want to know the answers. I, but don't... I also do.
0: There's like a morbid curiosity there, yeah, yeah. um so he eventually confessed to these crimes and was later executed by authorities at Fort Saskatchewan. So
1: great. that's
0: it. That's the whole story. He killed and ate his family.
1: Wonderful,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so less about less about Wendigo psychosis, but also kind of Wendigo Psychosis, because you know these people like ate people, and that's why this guy thought they were Wendigos. But there was a guy named Jack Fiddler. He was an OG Cree chief and medicine man known for his powers at defeating Wendigo's. And so he is like the most <gasps> popular like Wendigo slayer <laughs> of oh all time. God. So yeah, he claimed to have defeated 14 Wendigos during his lifetime. Some of them he was like those enemy shamans, they he, they sent those Wendigos after me. He was like, they are not my homies. They're sending monsters after me. Um, oh <laughs> yeah. And then others were members of his band who had given in to the desire to eat human flesh. So you know they were like suffering from Wendigo psych- psychosis themselves. So horrible, horrible fun fact here. uh His brother, Jack's brother, Peter Flett, was actually one of the Wendigos that Jack had to kill after he ate flesh when food ran out during a trading expedition. um, So, you know, after these, like, 14 murders, <laughs> uh, in 1907, authorities arrested Jack and his brother Joseph, who I guess was, like, helping him with these Wendigos, um, arrested them for murder. So Jack actually committed suicide before, like, he could be tried, but his brother Joseph was tried and sentenced to life in prison uh so he actually ended up receiving a pardon for this but he died in prison three days after receiving the pardon but he had never received news of his pardon oh lovely yeah so i don't know i don't know what kind of communication they had in 1907 that they weren't telling this man three days it It takes takes more it takes it takes over three days to let him know that he's innocent and to let him out of jail but unfortunately he passed away in jail um and yeah never never received news of his pardon Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so on that happy note that is the end of my little my little story my little fact spewing for this week, um, I have a few sources, which I believe we're going to be putting our sources on our website. So we will tell you a little bit more about that at the end. And we'll also make sure to link it in our social medias, which we will also tell you a little bit more about at the end. Uh, but my sources were the Grandma and the Wendigo story. Uh, I also took from the Canadian Encyclopedia, Algonquin Folklore from Minnewaukee, all that's interesting and Legends of America.
1: Wonderful. Yes. That was
0: interesting. Yes. I'm sorry it wasn't as silly as the first time you recorded it, but you know, it's we've recorded i did the research and then i read over the research a couple times and then we recorded it so it's like in my brain like a script right now and it's hard to like input like <laughs> comments and jokes when you're like oh i know like exactly what's coming next like i'm not just like re- i'm just like basically reading notes off a of paper so hopefully next week will be more fun we got a good one we got a good one next week yeah
1: it's a good it's a good one that we've worked together on so no surprises yeah. next week either no surprises. Um, <laughs>
0: You know what? I'm gonna surprise you the okay. following week, though. I already have something in mind for it that is like <gasps> so weird.
1: Oh goodness! I think yeah. I know what I'm doing uh, for a third one, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay.
0: Anyways, um, Mel, I'm so excited to hear your story for the first time ever. Again? Definitely, definitely. <laughs> no, not the second time for the first time ever. Again, for the first time ever again. So please take it. Take it away. Um, I will.
1: Uh so originally I picked this story because there's so much going on. Um and I thought it would be quite interesting for Gwen um because there's some twists and turns. Um, yeah, but now Mel... Gwen knows. <laughs> Mel was quite
0: insistent while we were doing our research. Um we were doing our research like in the same room together. And like I if I turned around, I could see Mel's computer screen and Mel kept like closing tabs and like Mel was quite insistent that I didn't see what she was researching. <laughs> So it's really too bad that uh we have to re-record but it's okay. Things-
1: give me your unauthentic reactions.
0: I'm going to give you Fake my authentic them. reactions but um just like I'm reenacting them.
1: Okay. <laughs> so I am covering the murder of Christine Ferrari Demeter. Um her maiden name is Christine Ferrari. Um I don't know Sorry, Tinky just jumped and made a loud thud.
0: Oh, Tinky. Tinky's my cat, by the way. <laughs> She's orange.
1: Okay. I'll be using Christine's maiden name, uh, just out of respect, as we'll see later.
0: For reasons undisclosed at this moment, but I promise you are important.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, very important. Uh, so we'll just get right into it, and then I'll do some explaining. Um, So... On the night of July 18th, 1973, 33-year-old Christine Ferrari was found dead in the garage of her home in Mississauga, Ontario.
0: And we all know Mississauga. That's not where you want to be found dead. That's not
1: where you want to be found alive. <laughs> that's not dead.
0: That's not where you want to be found, period.
1: <laughs> you don't want to be found there. Ever. Um. So... Christine was found laying face down with her hands under her body um, as though she had kind of tried to catch herself when she fell. Uh, Her skull was completely shattered, having been struck repeatedly with a blunt object that is presumed to have been either a tire iron or a crowbar. Um, I'll spare everyone the very gory details, but there was blood and brain matter found surrounding her in the garage. So whoever had done it. It's quite violent it, about it. Yeah, it was a very violent crime. Um. So with that known, I'm gonna give you guys some information about Christine and her family. Um. So Christine married Peter Demeter. Um. In 1967. Peter
0: Demeter. I think his parents must have hated him. Oh. Like, why would you name reason? <laughs> it's like why would you name your child something that rhymes with their last name it's a crime yeah
1: um so christine was born in 1940 gwen knows this, but i was unable to find a day or a month
0: which is so like awful that you can find all of this information about like murderers and stuff but then their victims just go like so like literally unknown to the world like you can't even find her birthday are you kidding me like she had to have on... had. I was gonna say like she had to have some sort of like ID. You mean you like to tell me that all of that has been like erased from history and she like never existed except for in the context of this murder? It's,
1: I something that like even her daughter has spoke up about and been like, everyone talks about her murderer but never her. So she was born in 1940, um, no day or month, just the whole year of 1940.
0: It was um, a long labor. <laughs>
1: yeah apparently uh she was an austrian model i also couldn't figure out if she was born there um yeah or just born like austrian Canada. by
0: descent yeah
1: well, i'm not sure uh one of her more popular photographs uh was of her posing beside an amc javelin which was a car uh while holding a javelin
0: which i is... saw this photo it's pretty baller
1: it is pretty baller she's like in like a two-piece like it's it's a baller photo it's a good photo yeah um so peter demeter her husband um was born in hungary in april 19th 1933 i said 1993 by accident last time but
0: it's yeah and i was like i thought this murder happened like in the (laughs) 70s or whatever
1: um yes april 19th 1933 uh so peter immigrated to canada from hungary in 1956 Uh, By 1962, he had established a career as a successful property developer in Toronto. Um, Him and Christine had a daughter named Andrea. Uh, She was three and a half years old at the time of Christine's death. Uh, Their marriage was described as quite unhappy by those around them. Uh, Peter was known to have had a 29-year-old mistress named Marina for part of their marriage. So... This is going in a good direction. We can all use oh, yeah.
0: it. <laughs> I I think everything's going to end out being good.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely.
0: Based on the information so, we currently have, yeah.
1: So Christine's body, like I said, was found in the garage of her home in Mississauga. She shared this home with Peter. Um, Peter was the one who found his wife's body. Ah, uh, he had returned home from a shopping trip in Toronto with guests. Um, they used the word guests. I'm assuming they Probably came like with
0: friends. Him? Probably like, yeah, he went shopping with friends. What a convenient alibi, by the way. Uh, shop, shopping with friends and they came back to discover the body together, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, was that's like, what I'm thinking.
0: It it definitely sounds like a situation where he was like, I need somebody here with me when I discover the body so they like can back me up. Just...
1: Anyways, he returned home at 9.45 p.m. Uh, Christine had only been home alone with their daughter for approximately two hours before Peter's return. Uh, so this shopping trip was a late shopping trip, I suppose. And
0: also, like, very brief.
1: Yeah, very brief. Like, very, very brief. Um, so their three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Andrea, uh, was discovered unharmed inside the home watching television. Um so, so
0: yeah she yeah. was just like watching cartoons while her mom got bludgeoned in the other room which is just...
1: yeah um very thankful nothing happened to her but also yes. a very traumatic event uh to experience especially when you're just like in the other room very yeah and by. like
0: i think i remember last time you mentioned she doesn't have any memories of the incident which like thank goodness because that would be awful but then also it's like uh, you were there yeah (laughs) and like as a three-year-old there's nothing that she could have done but also like i imagine there's a lot of survivor's guilt that goes along with that
1: yeah there's still gonna be survivor's guilt because you're like yeah I was three and a half but maybe if they saw me like they wouldn't have done it or yeah
0: they would have like felt some sort of like sympathy been like oh like she's a mother like i'm not gonna do this but yeah, yeah i guess you can never know yeah
1: uh, so after his wife's death, Peter offered a $10,000 reward to whoever was able to find out who killed his wife. Um, however, even though he, like, put up this $10,000 reward uh, publicly, privately, he left his wife's grave without a tombstone.
0: So... so he was like, I have money to so that people think I cared, but actually I'm not going to spend it on a tombstone. Let's just leave her in an yeah. unmarked grave.
1: Yeah. Um, only to make matters worse. Uh, Peter had taken out a $1.1 million life insurance policy on his wife not too long before her murder.
0: So he had $1.1 million but couldn't spend any of it on uh, getting her a tombstone?
1: Oh, but Gwen, he didn't get that $1.1 Oh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Ash said policy in <laughs> basically right after her death. Um, and it failed.
0: He found the body at nine thirty. At ten o'clock, he shows up at like the insurance agent's house and is like, "Hey, give
1: hey, me the cash." She's dead. Um. So of course, the insurance company marked this as suspicious, and yeah. so did the police. Um. This suspicious behavior, along with their publicly unhappy marriage, uh, led police directly to Peter. SSS. I'm no kidding. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's just so. Like, P- it's like if I like physically attacked you and then it was like, oh, by the way, I have a life insurance policy out on you.
1: Literally. Like, that's weird. <laughs> <sighs> um, Because of Peter's solid alibi, it was believed that he had hired someone to murder his wife while he was away. Peter, of course, adamantly denied these accusations um yeah. however the case was taken to trial um i got a bunch of different time ranges for how long the trial lasted uh, ranging from weeks to months um however a lot of different sources did state that it was one of the longest trials in canadian history um mainly just because there was a lot of nonsense going on um even though it was one of the longest trials peter did not testify at all So, he had nothing to say, I suppose.
0: Really solid defense there.
1: Yeah, really great defense. Thank you, Peter.
0: I have nothing Uh, to say.
1: (laughs) I plead the fifth.
0: (laughs) I feel like pleading the fifth says something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does. But I think they're not allowed to, like, hold it against you or something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Peter's lawyer at the time, Joseph Pomerant, was noticed... Noted as behaving ridiculously throughout the trial. Um, there are apparently quotes out there. I couldn't find them. Um, me,
0: me as a lawyer, juggling and doing fucking hula hoop. while literally, found-
1: that's what they, that's what they make it sound like. But apparently, it was outrageous. Um, Pomerant would later be disbarred and convicted of defrauding a client. Um, of his for five hundred thousand dollars. So, I can only imagine what kind of nonsense yeah. he was saying. Um, one of the defenses brought up by Peter's defense, so his lawyer, uh, was that an escaped convict that died prior to the trial had confessed to murdering Christine.
0: Which is so convenient. She's like, oh, yeah, this dead guy told me he did it.
1: Literally. Like, blame the dead guy. This was declared to be hearsay as the witness to this confession. Um, I put witness in quotations here.
0: Quotations, Yeah.
1: Uh, not even proven that he was actually witness to this. Um, to this confession was also a known criminal, and there was no other evidence to support this claim. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: so great. Um, I'm gonna apologize in advance because even though this is the second take, I still don't know how to pronounce this person's name. Um, oh, we should we
0: should have looked it up before the second <laughs> take,
1: <laughs> probably, but I forgot about it again. Uh. So, Saba Szilagyi. It's a Hungarian name. I'm sorry. Um, I hope that was close. Um, it probably
0: wasn't, but we forgive you. It's okay.
1: <laughs> we do. Everyone does. I hope so. Um, a one-time friend, which I'm assuming means acquaintance, or he <laughs> knew him briefly. Uh, I don't know what that means, but they my,
0: my theory is that like they were friends and then had some sort of like falling out or something
1: yeah maybe like he Um, was
0: once a friend but not anymore
1: maybe that's what they meant i don't know (laughs) um and fellow hungarian immigrant told the court that demeter not only talked of killing his wife a number of times over the previous five years but had asked him to do it to which he had of course declined um he also admitted that he knew that peter was serious in the days before the murder and hadn't warned christine
0: i'm sorry Mel, but if my partner was telling you that they were going to murder me and you just didn't do anything i would haunt you
1: oh i'd expect you to like what i would make
0: i would make your life miserable for the rest of my ghostly existence
1: like, that's such a horrible thing to do. Like, yeah, I know he's serious, but I'm not going to say anything. Right?
0: Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, I thought he was joking and not tell. Um, But it's another whole nother thing to be like, oh, I knew he was going to follow through. And I just like didn't tell anyone.
1: And y'all aren't even that close of friends. You're one time friends.
0: Right? Like, it's not like you owe him anything.
1: <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, so another witness, infamous for attending court in a hood, which there are photos of um, pretty widely spread, uh, to protect his identity that would be later revealed as Giala Varog, another Hungarian name that I just butchered, <laughs> um, a known jailhouse stitch testified that Demeter had hired the duck.
0: The duck. Quack, quack.
1: The duck. <laughs>
0: oh it last doesn't... time last time mel told me about the duck i was like we need to come up with criminal code names for each other and mel never did i decided pretty much right away that mel gets to be pinky pie because mel's hair is pink um and mel just never got back to me i know what so my name sorry. would
1: be i need you to know my first instinct
0: was the ostrich the ostrich that's from like the movie or something isn't that like ostrich hmm. i'm not sure
1: Maybe you bury people's heads in the dirt. Oh my like, god. <laughs> I bury people's
0: heads in the dirt.
1: That's what you do. Um,
0: that's horrible. The,
1: the duck was a Hungarian criminal. Um, once again, another name I'm going to butcher. Uh, named Imre Olen... Yikt. Yikt? Yikt. Yikt? Ol- Olen... Yekt. Olen yekt? olen. Yekt. Or two words,
0: or two words. Olen. No, one yekt. word,
1: one word. Olen
0: Someone Hungarian <laughs> is listening to this and going, uh, 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 "I'm gonna die." <laughs> they're just immediately they turn this off and they are like, do not ever play this podcast ever again. I'm sorry, guys. Um, we'll try harder. Sorry. Um, I am from Scottish heritage.
1: We have such basic white people names. I don't know how to pronounce anything. Um, anyways. Uh, he is to this day believed to be the probable killer. Uh, however, he was never able to be brought to trial as he died in Hungary in 1975. Peter was eventually convicted of non-capital murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. Even after being convicted, he still maintained that he was innocent. Of course. Just, of course. Of <laughs> course. Like, you're already in jail, they're
0: not going to let you out.
1: Literally. You don't have to suck up anymore, just admit. (sighs) After his conviction, the woman he was having an affair with told the Toronto Star that she was going to go back to Austria, and she was taking Peter's Spaniel, Beelzebub, with her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's still just as funny as last time. Beelzebub, the Spaniel.
1: he's having a great life.
0: I know, I I know that she was, like, just the mistress and not, like, a step-parent figure or anything, but it's so funny to me that she's like, I'm gonna take Beelzebub the dog, but not, like, the child. She didn't even try. She said, I'm just
1: taking Beelzebub. He's mine. In terms of Andrea, though, someone did get custody of her, don't worry. Um, Demeter's cousin, Steven, and his wife uh, ended up with custody of uh, Andrea, uh, Stephen, because of this, also had some control over Peter's finances. So, Peter's been convicted. He's serving a life sentence. Um, but in 1983, he was allowed out on parole in Peterborough, Ontario. Uh, just um, as bad as Mississauga. Another bad place. Um, He was on parole in a halfway house where he met a 29-year-old woman named Lisa Ross, who he quickly fell in love with, and she became his new girlfriend. Yay. So glad he could find love.
0: Post-prison love with another 29-year-old. What is with him in 29? I said it last time. I'm going to say it again. It's just like Leo with like the 21-year-olds, like Leonardo DiCaprio, For any of those who don't know him on a first-name basis. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> i just he said they gotta be 29 he
0: That's said i'm most attra- he said i'm most attracted to 29 year olds and you know what i respect that a lot more than if he was like i'm most attracted to 18 year olds so
1: yeah at least it's 29 i guess yeah uh so it is believed that peter hated the way in which his cousin Stephen was handling his finances and raising his daughter Bro. Uh, due to this <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't kill your wife, and you can handle your own finances and raise your own daughter. Literally.
1: Just don't be a criminal. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to keep custody of your daughter.
0: Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. I missed you.
1: Oh, wow. Well, it's almost like I wasn't talking to you the entire time. Mm-hmm.
0: What? No. Definitely not. Oh,
1: he's fucking chasing his tail. Okay. Oh, good boy, Hermie, get it. <laughs> what the fuck? He's such an idiot. Okay. Um so Peter was pissed. Oh, I just hit you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Peter, Peter was, was mad.
0: <laughs> Peter was mad. He was like my girlfriend's um, almost 30 and not 29 anymore. <laughs> And my cousin? Oh, he's spending my money and raising my daughter wrong.
1: <laughs> so because of this, Peter began plotting uh with this former game. inmate Tony Preston. Tony Tony. Um and another former inmate, he doesn't get named, I guess, um, to kidnap and kill Steven's teenage son, Stuart. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, really great um like proof that you didn't do it to your wife. You're like, I didn't plan to have somebody else murder my wife, but when I get out of prison, the first thing I'm gonna do is have somebody plan to have somebody else kill my nephew.
1: Like, what or, is this not nephew, cousin with, son. Like trying to kill your family. Yeah. This man, he's got some <laughs> problems. So in August of 1983, Peter paid Preston, so Tony Preston. Eight thousand dollars to burn down his Mississauga home.
0: <laughs> eight thousand um, dollars is such a low price for arson. Literally, I'd ask for more. At least ask for ten thousand. Yeah, I'd be like, make it an even ten. Like, if you're feeling generous, bump it up to fifteen. But eight thousand—that's just insulting.
1: Yeah, that's not enough. Um. So Preston was caught, and um, police recordings were used of Preston and another ex-convict, um because they had discussed Demeter's plans to terrorize his cousin Steven by kidnapping and killing Stuart.
0: Because if kidnapping so, his son isn't bad enough, you're just also going to murder him? It's not <laughs> enough if, torture. If terrorizing is what you're looking for, I think kidnapping will do it. Like Literally.
1: I don't, I don't think you I need think to that's literally okay. kill,
0: a, kill a teenage boy who has nothing to do with the situation.
1: Stuart is just out here trying to be a fucking teenager.
0: He's probably just like playing basketball or something. Leave him alone.
1: Um, was then charged with conspiracy to kidnap and murder, and Preston agreed to be a crown witness and testify at Demeter's trial. Um, so this added two life sentences to his sentence, so we're at three now. At this sentencing, District Court Judge G. Bork-Smith. Bork. Bork. Said, the contract killing of a close (laughs) relative has a shuddering similarity to the accused prior crime. Whoa. Shuddering similarity and
0: that it's exactly the same. (laughs)
1: Shuddering similarity in the fact that this guy just has an MO and he won't stop hiring people to do things for him.
0: Yeah, like he's just he's so he's so fucking stupid. There are better ways. Literally. Like better ways to behave, and then also like if you have to murder people, there's better ways to do it.
1: (laughs) Bunsen you do like a fucking
0: masterclass. How to kill 101. I just mean like it's so obvious that like you did it the last time if you do it again, yeah, you know? Like literally.
1: Um, so the arson charges um were later stayed. Um however, he did still fail to cash the insurance check for his home. So, he <laughs> still didn't get the like, money.
0: He's like murdering <laughs> and committing insurance fraud and nothing's going his way.
1: Oh, karma's a bitch. So in 1988, Peter did something else.
0: Oh, God, what'd he do? I, I genuinely uh, don't remember.
1: <laughs> he received two more life sentences. Oh,
0: my God. For what? Five. Wait, what did he
1: do? <laughs> um, so for conspiracy to kidnap and murder. Again. So he was planning to have his, the daughter of his then lawyer, Toby Bellman.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: kidnapped. And he had plotted this with his 29-year-old girlfriend, Linda Ross, who is no longer 29. Was she 30? Uh, I don't know the math here. When did he meet her? I don't know. It doesn't matter. He met her in 1983, and we're at 1988, so she is
0: 34. Let me guess what was going to happen next, though. They were going to kidnap the daughter, and they were going to murder her? Oh,
1: my goodness. You might know. Oh,
0: my God. It's like
1: Um... a pattern. Uh, So he had plotted this with his girlfriend. Linda. Mm-hmm. And his former cellmate, Peter Winstanley. Uh So, Stanley went to the police and the plot was foiled. Um, charges against Ross were dropped if she agreed to testify against Peter. So, they were like, we really just need to get Peter in jail. Longer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, it is believed his motivation was that Toby Bellman, his lawyer, had frozen some of his stocks as Demi- Peter had not paid his legal bill. <laughs> so...
0: Imagine killing someone over stocks. Like, I know that there's money in stocks, but, like, Jesus Christ.
1: This man is so money hungry, and he is not getting <laughs> any of it. And
0: that is so fucking
1: funny. <laughs> uh, so, Peter intended to inform Bellman that if he did not pay the ransom of $400,000, uh, that his daughter would be killed.
0: Do you think he would use the 400000 to pay his legal bills so his stocks got unfrozen? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I love that he just asked for money and wasn't just, like, put everything back and, like, ignore my debt. Forgive my debt, you know?
1: Now my son is crawling out from under the fucking couch like a gremlin. <laughs> like, oh, uh, there's... that girl that calls out the TV. From the ring? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot going on down here. Um. So, anyways... The judge who sentenced Peter in the Bellman Kidnap Plot in 1988, uh, John O'Driscoll, stated, this is a long quote, so prepare yourself. I'm ready. Your evil knows no bounds. It never rests. It never ends. In my opinion, this man should never, ever, ever be released on parole. Whether or not you are inherently evil, I do not know. But you ooze evil out of every pore (laughs) and contaminate everyone around you.
0: He said, "I don't know if this is nature or nurture, but you are evil, and it's gross and slimy and getting all over my furniture." He said, "Stop! You're making a mess. Your evil is getting everywhere, and it's quite honestly offensive to look at. (laughs) It's oozing. Okay, (laughs) it's oozing, and that's gross. It's it's crazy to me when people actually say things like that because that's like the kind of thing that you would hear in like a movie, you know." Oh, literally. This judge was just like, "Your evil, knows no
1: bounds. Judges are some of the most dramatic people. Like, they'll sentence yeah. someone and then they'll be like, and here's a fucking monologue.
0: Yeah. Somebody write this down. And the court reporter's like, <laughs> on it.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. He's got five life sentences now. Um, God damn it, Peter.
0: Um, Peter, just stop. Well, just stop while, stop while you're ahead. Is he
1: ahead? Uh, Multiple psychiatrists described Peter using words such as narcissistic personality traits, insightless, manipulative, self-exculpatory, and psychopathic. Great guy. Uh, A quote to reaffirm this. In 2006 in an interview he indicated that he was not responsible for his wife's murder because if because he was money minded and if he would have arranged his wife's murder it certainly wouldn't be in a luxury home that he was living in because the value would drop by half.
0: Mhm. Yeah, but what about that 1.1 million insurance policy? Um what about your wife he really said money's more important to me. If I was killing her, I would have done it a less messy style. I would have done it out of my house. Yeah, he's like, I would have like hired someone for a hit and run. What's it gonna do? Depreciate the value of the street?
1: This man. So Peter did request a chance to leave prison for only uh, for only four hours. Um he would have been in shackles with two escorts um however he was deemed too dangerous uh this was in 1999 did he say he
0: didn't didn't say what he was gonna do did he
1: no there's no like there's
0: nothing (laughs) stating what he was he was he was probably going out to meet with like past cellmates so he could like plan the warden's daughter's murder he
1: he was gonna plan everybody's daughter's murder everybody's (laughs) sons and daughters he was like how do i kill the world (laughs) Uh so after this he did not um he did not uh request parole uh again until twenty nineteen, uh where he applied for parole again. Um however the parole board denied him release from
0: prison. They thought about his oozing evil and were like, yeah no.
1: They said, uh, girl, you're gonna ooze on everything.
0: You're gonna make it gross out here, and we just cleaned up after the last time.
1: Uh, so, since then, Peter has suffered multiple health issues, including heart attacks, a stroke, and cancer
0: while in prison. Good. I mean, oh, no.
1: Uh, oh, no. So, their daughter, Andrea, from what I could tell, has only done the one interview uh, with CBC News, in which she described her experiences living with this trauma, like, as we discussed earlier, um, the survivor's guilt um just knowing that that happened to her mother and also that her father did it
0: well and then also Um, just like not remembering anything about her mother and not being able to do anything about it because nobody even knows her fucking birthday literally so she
1: does say that she was really she was happy growing up uh with steven and his wife and stuart i guess good um (laughs) she didn't know that they weren't uh her like biological parents and brother for a while until another student when she was in elementary school i think it said when she was nine uh showed her a photo of her mother's uh
0: corpse um, which is just so
1: awful <laughs> yeah um, yeah
0: yeah like what children, children nine- her- What kind of nine-year-old has that much, like, hate in their body that they're just going to, like, show another child a picture of their mother's corpse?
1: It's just, what kind of nine-year-old has access to those photos? Because it was in a book. Yeah, like...
0: Whose nine-year-old is this?
1: (sighs) Insane. Uh, So, after this, she did visit her father in prison um, every Tuesday.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, However... This did stop around the time that um, he tried to have Stork kidnapped.
0: Yeah, uh, for obvious fair. reasons. She was like, That's my um, brother. Please don't try to have him kidnapped and murdered.
1: So her father is no longer allowed to contact her. Uh, this kind of initiated after he sent her a package to her work filled with clippings of articles about her mother's murder and bottles of wine that she should
0: try. And this is, like, the physical bottles of wine, not just the list. When you first told me about this, I thought it was just, a, like, a list. No, this is the bottles of
1: wine. Um. So, in this uh, CBC News interview, she's quoted saying, uh, he'd heard I was an alcoholic. It was like, remember me? I killed your mother. Now go drink yourself to death. So. Um, That's so
0: awful. Like, What kind of awful person do you have to be to be like, oh, this person's like a recovering alcoholic. Let me send them booze in the mail.
1: Also, like, you've already traumatized her enough. Like,
0: yeah, like you've made her life hard enough as it is. Like, can you just leave her alone?
1: uh, So obviously, he's no longer allowed to contact her after that. Um, Thank God. She now runs a business helping others with PTSD, uh, coaching them on fitness, nutrition and
0: how to access benefits. Oh, I heard that bark. It sounds like a weird little sound. It doesn't sound like a bark. It's like, womp, womp. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for you to listen to this back and hear it.
1: She also helps them maneuver their way through the federal government's access to cannabis for medical purposes and uh, medical purposes regulations. Her business is called Scratch Recovery. Uh, This is publicly known, so I don't uh, feel uncomfortable stating it. She does. She is quite public about the fact that that was her mother. Um, And so, kind of as a whole, as we've noticed, no one was ever actually charged with the physical act of murdering Christine Ferrari. Um, (sighs) So, it is solved. Uh, However, no one was really charged with actually killing her.
0: Yeah, because Duck or whatever his name was. What was it? The Duck. Okay, the Duck. Okay, yeah. Like, if he died in Hungary or wherever, then, like, yeah, you can't really charge him, which is unfortunate because I feel like it would probably provide some closure for her daughter.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, sorry to bum everyone out. What the freak, Mel? I'm sorry. Um, So I do have some resources, which I will also um actually list on the website as well. Uh, So I found a Medium article by Liam Hall that was published in February 2023. Um, Murderpedia, which I don't know how reliable that is, um, but through them, I did get access to some of the transcripts of the court hearings, which gave me some information as well. Um, The Hamilton Spectator, the Toronto Star, and of course, the CBC News article um, of Andrea's interview as well.
0: Incredible incredible right. well thank you for sharing that story um yeah. i wish that You're guy welcome. the worst yeah um uh. bu- bu- bu. so yeah we're going to be putting our resources as well as i think i'm going to be doing a transcript eventually of each video so um i believe the plan is to make on our website we have like a blog post section called episode list and i think we're going to make one blog post per episode probably kind of like with minor details of what we're talking about uh if we want to share any images we can list our resources and then I'll also link to like a pdf of the transcript so aren't going to be anything else in that uh blog post you think though uh no I think it's um
1: yeah it's just going to be a brief probably just what the topics are uh, yeah. any content warnings anything like that I'll still yeah. um try to include those Um, Well, we'll both try to include those anyways at the beginning of the podcast yes Um, yes but on the website as well um Mm -hmm. yeah transcript for accessibility reasons of course yeah i will because sometimes we talk fast
0: (laughs) yeah i will i will try to get those out like as soon as i can following the episode i don't know how long it's going to take for us to get them edited and stuff. And then by posting day, I don't know if I'll have time to do the full transcript before we post it. But I will do my best to have it out shortly after the podcast, if not at the same time as. We have a couple social medias set up as well. I'm not really sure what we're going to post on there. I imagine probably just like links back to the website if we find anything cool. If we do anything cool, I guess we can show you guys. Um, So we are on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, both are at cryptic chatter p because cryptic chatter pod cryptic chatter podcast were too long and everything else that was shorter was taken so yeah. if you were the owner of at cryptic chatter please let us know and give it to us please I, we <laughs> please. want it i'll please. give you ten dollars <laughs> <laughs> ten canadian dollars mind you i'll shout you out
1: on our, our podcast
0: that no one listens to as of yet but you know
1: Um, I think for me, at least, um, the Instagram will probably just be
0: any, uh, photos or anything like that. Yeah. Um,
1: Obviously not crime scene photos. I'm not gonna... No,
0: no. If you want those, those, if you want those, look them up yourself. Like, that's, that's That's, not, that's not for us to do. Um, that's, I have, I'm not gonna do that. It's just gonna be, like, mugshots, things like that, probably, but... Um, I think... I have access to the Twitter. I don't know if Mel has it quite yet. Um, I do. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I think the Twitter will probably be mainly for like updates and, you know, let you guys know when episodes are out and if there's anything else exciting coming. Uh, We also on the website have like a contact section if you want to like give us any suggestions. If you have anything you want to say to us, Uh, you can also just email us. Our email is crypticchatterpodcast at gmail.com
1: wow how creative also feel free to use those um uh not only for like suggesting things but if there's anything we miss or anything we mess up in an episode like let us know if you Um, yeah if you want to
0: fact check us like if we say something that's very obviously like incorrect or if we say something that is even like offensive and we didn't realize just let us know we will do our best to you know Make things better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. We're not perfect. We're human. Um. So let us know if there are any mistakes or anything like that. We try our best with uh, research and stuff, but can only get you so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, I think we both told our stories.
0: Yeah, uh, we had a good
1: gab. We had a good gab. Uh, we've got probably way too much content for me to edit out.
0: <laughs> Let me know if you want me to do some. I don't mind.
1: <laughs> I could always um, do my story,
0: you could do yours. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I I'm looking forward us. to next week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. But other than that, yeah, that that is Yeah. Good. So, thank you for oh. listening to the first episode of Cryptic Chatter, uh re- mm-hmm. re-recorded edition because the first one was really- <laughs> Um. um, Yeah. Mel and Gwen's version. Mel and Gwen's version. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. No. I'm excited to see how it goes. Hopefully. Um. We'll be doing this for a while. It's quite fun. But. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening from the future.
1: Um. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) We get better. Hopefully. I hope. (laughs) But thank you. Um. Yeah. We're gonna go now. I think I'm gonna go. Watch
0: drag race oh my god that's so exciting i'm gonna come join you probably that's so cool oh okay god. okay well, goodbye, goodbye for now gwen and goodbye goodbye, to everyone else. goodbye everybody